need to hear from you. We love you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the good news is if my voice plays out, I'll just get many me to come up here and finish my stuff. Won't be a problem. So I, um, I will tell you, when is the um, yard gone, Tyler, the 10th, 11th, and 12th? Is that right? Is that what you said for February? So the Sunday is the 13th. On the 13th, um, Tyler will be standing here uh, in the pulpit that morning, uh, continuing with what he uh, what they've been going over with the youth at that point. So he'll be sharing with us on that day. So excited uh, to have him fill that fill this uh, pulpit and and to have what listen to what God has shared uh, laid upon his heart. Um, I've enjoyed online listening to some of the teaching that he's given. And uh, I think you'll look forward uh, and be blessed to what he will share with us on that day. Um, The New Testament church, which is who we are, uh, began 50 days after the Last Supper. So there was the Last Supper. There was the betrayal. And the arrest of Christ. Fifty days later, there was a day that we celebrate. Anybody know what that day was called? The day of Pentecost. And on that day, the church was born from power upon high, where many heard their own language spoken through uh, the men, Christ's disciples, the apostles. Uh, they began to hear in their own language that voice, uh, the, the, the truth of the gospel. So this morning, I want to talk about the ecclesia, the church, who we are, kind of what that represents, what that looks like. Uh, In the next few months, we're going to continue to talk about the church and who we are as a body and and what our responsibilities are and and how we are called out and separated. So if you have your Bible, turn to Acts chapter 11, and let's stand together and read from God's Word. Acts chapter 11, uh, verse 19 through 26. If you're visiting with us today, uh, we would love for you to fill out uh, a little visitor card. You'll find them on the back. Uh, there's about three chairs in each row that has uh, a, a little card section. You can grab one of those out and fill it out for us. Um, if you would like to begin to get our updates and things like that, fill out that card and put down your uh, cell number and also your um, email address, and that would be great as well. Uh, and that way you can start getting the updates. But we are so thankful for everyone who's visiting with us. Uh, it's a blessing to have you here. Uh, this is a new year. We're still early on in this new year. But if you remember last year, for most of us, it flew by. And just as I was told, as you get older, it just keeps getting faster. I don't know. Maybe so. I want to look at Acts 11, verse 19 says, So then those who were scattered because of the persecution that occurred in connection with Stephen, made their way to Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch. Now, the stoning of Stephen, we've read about. If, if you're new here, um, Stephen was the first martyr 
Um, He was stoned at the hands of a man named Saul, who God got a hold of not long after that and changed his life and his name. And he took on the role that God gave him with the name Paul. So speaking the word to no one except to Jews alone, but there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who came to Antioch and began speaking to the Greeks as well, preaching the good news of the Lord, the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and the large number who believed turned to the Lord. The news about them reached the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas off to Antioch. Then when he arrived and witnessed the grace of God, he rejoiced and began to encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Spirit and faith. And considerable numbers were added to the Lord, and he left for Tarshish to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And for an entire year, they met with the church and taught considerable numbers of people. And the disciples were first called Christian in Antioch. Father, we thank you that here we read of the truth of the church, that it's made up of all types of people. Lord, we find here early on that they were just preaching to those that they were familiar with, but then others began to hear the word and hunger for the truth, and they became believers. They didn't become Jews, they became Christians. And Father, there were Jews who left Judaism and became Christians, followers of Christ, of the way. And here, Father, we find that the church was growing, and and, and Lord, it wasn't some little membership card that they had, but instead... It was understanding that they were called out, called to be different. They left their families. They were probably, some of them probably had spouses that left them that would no longer remain with them because they had become believers. They probably had children who disowned them because they had become believers. They had parents who would no longer recognize them as a son or daughter because they had become believers. We need to understand the depth and the, and the brevity of, of what has happened here in this moment as people have come to follow you, Father. We, we just look at it as a prayer and a baptism when you keep going. No, Father, true calling, the true believer is willing to leave everything. That's what Ecclesia, that's what the church is. Those who have gathered together and left everything. Father, may that be our heart today. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Church membership today is pretty simple. Uh, if you're a Baptist, the way that we normally do it is uh, you come in and, and uh, you, you come down the aisle and you tell us, hey, we're coming from another Baptist church. We have been, we are born again believers and we want to, we want to bring our letter. We want to transfer our letter over to your uh, particular uh, church. And so what we do is our little gathering here, we, accept that letter, we vote on you, and we take you in. Or maybe you come and you say, I'm from another denomination, and we as hard-headed Baptists, uh, we want to dunk you ourselves, and so we bring you in, and we hold you under, and and uh, until we feel like all the other religion is out of you, and then we, we, uh, 
we lift you back up and, and, and we then say, all right, now you're part of the, the Baptist church. Or uh, sometimes we take people um, simply not by letter, but, but by their word. Um, and uh, they come by statement because maybe their church shut down. And let me tell you, during this time, the last um, 18 months, it would shock you to know how many churches in Waller County no longer exist. I'm not talking about 10 or 15. I'm talking about 30 to 40 churches who have shut their doors. Because all of a sudden we're afraid to go out and we're afraid to do anything. And so the church just shuts its doors. So for whatever reason, people will come. But then it's like that in the Baptist life and other churches, they don't have membership like we do as Baptist. And, and, and I don't look down on them. If you go somewhere and you're there for a while and you continue to serve, eventually the church looks at you and says, all right, you're part of us. And they put you to work. And I get that. But for some reason, Baptists have this hang up about this letter and all this other stuff. Can I just tell you something? The truth is, is that the church, the church are born again, believers. And they're not all Baptist. They're not all Baptist. There are other peoples of other denominations who have the love of God in their heart. They have been born again. They have been saved and set free. And all of a sudden what we see is we see the church, not just the Baptist church. I, I guarantee you early on, they did not have a little shingle that said First Baptist or First Church of Christ or First Church of the Nazarene or, or um, First Church of the Holy Pentecostal, something, 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 something. It was just, they were meeting in homes and you met around with other believers that were like-minded and like you. And as you came in, you just simply had a home church, literally a home was the church. And that's where they would meet. And so believe it or not, we think in Texas, there's a church on every corner. Folks, in the early days, there were churches in every neighborhood. Because they would meet literally within the home of other believers. And then God would take and do a great work there. Now we find here early on that this is a congregation of mainly Jews but then the Bible says that men of, of Cyprus and Cyrene who had come to Antioch and began speaking to the Greeks as well, preaching the good news of the Lord. They heard this. They were listening. They were receiving. And now God is going outside of the, Jew, of the, of the Jewish people and he's bringing them in. And so the church in Jerusalem hears about this. They send the man down to kind of look and encourage. He goes down and he's encouraged. He encourages them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. And he was a good man, it says, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And considerable numbers were, were added to the Lord on, that, on those days. And then he left for Tarshish to go and grab Paul. He brings Paul back, and for a year they sit and they teach God's word in Antioch. And that's where in Antioch the word Christian became known. That became the mark. You and I are Christian. We're Baptist by denomination, but my friend, if you're not Christian, you're not part of the church. 
So what I'm telling you is I'm not as worried about this Baptist thing as I used to be because if you know much about the Baptist right now, there's some things about the Southern Baptist I don't even want to be a part of. There's some things happening right now within our own denomination that I just sit there and scratch my head about going, wow, really? This is the direction you guys want to take us? So my main concern is not whether or not you're a good Baptist, good assembly God, good whatever. My, my real question is this, do you know the Lord? Because if you know the Lord, you're a part of his church. And if you know the Lord, there's something that has happened. So I want to kind of talk about this. The word... Um, Ecclesia is a Greek word defined as a called out assembly or congregation. So the, 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 the key here is that we are called out. We are an assembly. We've gathered together. Um, who in here drives at least 45 minutes to come to church? Just raise your hand. If you drive 45 minutes to come to church. If you drive 30 minutes to come to church, raise your hand. There's a lot of that. You little kids don't drive, y'all ride. <laughs> Look at y'all. Like, yeah, I drive. So we have people that drive 30 minutes, and then we have some that drive. Well, my wife, now, she struggles sometimes because the traffic gets really bad coming across the yard there. So sometimes she might be a little late to Sunday school, but it's because of the traffic, even though she just walks across. Um, but, it, but it's tough. It's tough. We, we live all over. God has brought us together. And what we have said about ourselves is this. We affirm what is happening at church, the teachings of what's happening at church. We find ourselves with common ground amongst the members. This is where we worship. I think about this group right here that leads us on Sunday mornings, okay? Uh, Peter drives about probably, what, 10 minutes, roughly, it usually takes you extra six minutes because you're always six minutes late. But, but I mean, you know, it, so, so 16 minutes, it's the traffic on those country roads. I'll leave 10 minutes early and still somehow find a way to be six minutes late. Right, right. I understand. You drive 30, right? How, how, y'all drive, what, 15? All right? And then you drive 30, and then you drive two minutes. All right? <laughs> <laughs> she's always on time. She, she and Katie are always on time. So you look, and my point of that is, this is a group of people who never had met prior to really coming and worshiping. They may have known each other, but to really get to know one another, they have, they've given themselves to what God has called them to do here at this church. And, and, and they, they agree that they're called out, that they're, they're called to be different. They're not called to be like the rest of the world or like a lot of other churches. So they came here to grow and to learn and to be challenged and then to take the word of God out from this place, this being the hub, this being the place that we come and we gather, and then we take it out to the rest of the world. But you and I must understand that if we're going to be the church, we are called out. We're to look different from the rest of the world. We're to look different from what everybody else does. If someone walks up to you and, and sees you in public, there should be a recognizing that there is something different about you, that you're not like the rest of the world. Something's different. Something's happened. Something has changed. That's the idea of ecclesia. We've been saved. We've been born again. Let me tell you. You meet somebody who's truly born again, you know the difference, correct? 
You know the difference between a church member and somebody who's truly been born again. Because here's what's sad. I, I, will, I will share this with you, and it's, and it's heartbreaking as a pastor to share this, but there are a lot of church members who will die and go to hell. There are a lot of church members who will die and go to hell. Because the only connection they had to God was their church membership. There was no born again. There was no spirit of God that had come and done a a work within them. It was just, it's kind of like this. Imagine a child who's young. They go to church with mom and dad. They see mom and dad kind of go through the motions of, of church and no real commitment to church. And then they get away as they go to college. They get away from church altogether. And then one day they get married and they're still ah, hit and miss at church. And, 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 but they wanted to have their wedding at church so that God would bless it. And then they kind of hit and miss at church. And then finally, as they have children, they start recognizing, man, I can't do this by myself. I need community. And so a lot of people will come to church for the community aspect of church. That's not salvation. That's not Christ. I mean, don't get me wrong. Having people around you that are God-centered, that's great. But if you yourself have not recognized your need for Christ, you have not recognized your own sin and your own desperate need of repentance and your own desperate need of the, of the blood of Christ that was shed upon Calvary for you, if you don't recognize that, then you can't be born again. So if you come to church later on in life thinking, I'll just get back and things will be better, you know what? Things will probably be a little bit better because you're going to be around good people. But folks, a person who has been born again separates themselves from the world. They're different. How they think is different. How they talk is different. How they act is different. How they react is different. They respond in a positive light, in a positive way. Something has happened. Ecclesia is that called out, born again. In the New Testament, Ecclesia is commonly translated as uh, church in the New Testament. We're the church. This building is not the church. You may tell you how you know what a church looks like. If they lose the building, somehow the building burns to the ground. If everything we had here was lost, the church would show up to worship on Sunday. Do y'all remember Mother's Day? in the midst of the beginning part of the pandemic, people were hungry to come back to church. People we hadn't seen in years showed up. We started seeing folks that we hadn't seen in years. They're coming, but Mother's Day, we gather, we had the big stage and everybody's out there and I think you could listen to it on your on your radio if you wanted to in the car and do all that different stuff, you just, you, whatever you wanted to do. It was pretty cool. However, let me tell you, it was neat because we had so many people come and, and then we did uh, Easter the, uh, as well, the, the following year, I believe that way. But we did all these different things. We saw people come. We saw people show up and, and they began to, to recognize their need for the church. Those that have stayed recognize their need for the Lord. Did you see the difference? Does that make sense? Some said, I need the church. And others said, no, 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 I need the Lord. That's a born-again believer. 
Someone who recognizes their greater need is not to just be here, but to be the church. So we're called out, set apart. First Peter 2. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. And like newborn babies, long for pure milk of the word. So that it may, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. Now, Brother Tom, I enjoy church and I want to be a part of church, but I don't want to be overtaken by what y'all do there. I, I don't want my whole life to be wrapped up in what God is doing at church. then you're a church member. Not a born-again believer, but a church member. You say, well, isn't that kind of, you're, you're being a judge. No, I'm just telling you the evidence that's given to us in Scripture. That a person who is born again desires the pure word of God. They desire growth. They desire change. And he says, if you've tasted the kindness of the Lord, in other words, if you've tasted the spirit, if you have been born again. And he says in verse four, and coming to him as to living stones, which have been rejected by people, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. Is, has the world rejected you? If it has, then you've been a great Christian. If the world still accepts you, you're probably not much of a Christian. If the world looks at you and says, you're all right, you're good, you're one of us, you're probably not representing Christ in the manner of someone who's been born again. You've been rejected by people, but it is a choice and precious in the sight of God. You also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ for this is contained in scripture. Behold, I am laying in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and the one who believes in him will not be put to shame. A person who is born again, their only hope is in Christ alone. It's not in the members of the building that it belongs to. It's not in their spouse. It's not in their kids. It's not in the parents. It is in Christ alone. Behold, I am laying in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone. And the one who believes in him will not be put to shame. This precious value then is for you who believe, but for unbelievers, a stone which the builders rejected, this became the chief cornerstone. A stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they are disobedient to the word, and to this they were also appointed. Do you know how many people that have sat in the pews of a church and got up angry and never came back because they couldn't handle the truth of God? I have seen it. I have experienced it where people got so angry over something that they just couldn't receive in Scripture, and they never came back. 
but for those that remain. Listen to what he says. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellence of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Christian, if you're still walking in darkness and you're comfortable with darkness, I would remove the name Christian. Church member. But Christian, a Christian will never be comfortable in their sin. For you once were not a people Now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as foreigners and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts, which wage war against the soul. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may because of your good deeds as they observe them glorify God on the day of visitation. You you have been called out. You, you were once rejected. You once were not a part of the family of God, but by the grace of God through his son, Jesus Christ, you and I had the opportunity to be adopted into the family. But in order to be adopted, are you ready for this? In order to be adopted, you gotta wanna leave where you're at. In order to be adopted, you have to want to leave where you're at. In order to be born again, you got to realize you're dead. First Peter 1.16 says, Because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. 2 Corinthians 6, 17 says, Therefore come out of their midst and be separate, says the Lord. And do not touch what is unclean, and I will welcome you. Acts 2, 42 says, They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And Matthew five fourteen, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. The church. Ecclesia. We are called to be different, called to be changed. My prayer for us is that we are that church that everybody says they're just different. They still do things like they used to do them a long time ago. They still love each other. They're, they're still family there. People say all the time, don't say it because you jinx yourself. Well, I believe that God will protect me, protect me from the things of this world. But can I tell you something? If you're looking for a church that can actually get along with each other in a business meeting, this is that church. It's the craziest thing you've ever seen. I mean, 
you know Baptists are known for fighting in a business meeting. If you're looking for a church where the pastor doesn't run everything, wow. Pine Island. If you're looking for a church where the deacons don't run everything, wow, that's Pine Island. You say, why are you saying that? Because folks, we're called to be different. That includes the way you do church. It blows my mind how many churches and how many people, I won't say his name because I'd give the church away, but there's a man here who I love so much and he reminds me from time to time. He said, Tom, if I'd only known that we could be in a place where people love each other, I would have left my church a long time ago. He grew up in a particular church where he thought hatred and anger were the norm. Folks, you should be called out different. I love the fact that I'm at Pine Island. And I love the fact that God has blessed us with a group of people who love each other Support each other. If you're a young person and you're wanting to fit in somewhere, that's why Tyler and Kelly are here. They're here to be a part of your life, to pour into you. But they can only pour into those that are willing to be poured into. So if you're a young person, come be a part. Those of you that are young adults, and we got Sunday school classes, we got all types of stuff that we can do for you. Uh, they have a Monday night Bible study. Where's that hell at now? Still at your place? They have a Monday night Bible study over there. Preacher's nowhere around. You can talk about me all you want to. It works out. Somebody just said yes. Can't believe y'all said such a thing. But the reality is, we have some. The older folks, I love Thursday mornings. I love walking in and seeing all of the, of the <clears throat> more mature, more mature people showing up on Thursday morning to have Bible study. If you want to be the church, the only thing holding you back, and I'm telling you this, is the person staring you in the mirror. You will get what you put in. Does that make sense? Wednesday nights, you get fed Swiss chicken. <laughs> right? Tyler, I guess it sounds good. <laughs> Don't ever ask this boy to sell anything. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Get him. The head cook just said, I'm going to have a talk with that boy right there. Man. Wednesday nights, you can come and you don't have to cook. We'll feed your family cheaper than you can cook it at home. Then we'll take your kids and we'll disciple them. And we as adults will disciple each other. I'm not selling you Pine Island. I don't have to. What I'm telling you is if you want to be a part of what God is doing here, only thing holding you back is you. God has blessed us tremendously. Now, 
you come in just a moment. And if God has called you to be here and he's called you to be a part of this church in a way that this Baptist and you want to come and actually have your letter here, that's fine. If you just want to keep coming, I'm okay with that. But if this is where God's calling you and you want to be a part, this, I will be standing right here in just a moment. Or maybe you just need to come and say, God, I recognize the fact that I, I need to get my heart right with you because the only thing holding me back from my spiritual growth is me. And you come and you pray at this altar. But folks, we need to be the church. Called out, separate, different. Father, I thank you so much for your amazing grace. Lord, and the love that you show us, the gift that you give us of other brothers and sisters who are here, to worship. There are many, Father, that don't know what all takes place. And they're like, well, how can I help out? How can I be a part? And just show up and watch what others are doing and join in. Father, I just, I, I just pray that we will recognize I don't need the church. I need you. And when I recognize that I need you, I'm blessed with the church. For that, I'm very thankful. We pray these things in Jesus.